Yo, 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 what up, dogs, and welcome to the ninth episode of the Fantasy Football Dogs Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panter, and as always, I'm here with my very good friends, Micah Burge. And as always, fuck the Patriots. And back from his hiatus, Nathan McDonald. I'm back, everybody. Oh, yeah. We are happy to have you back, my friend, and it is... uh, Gonna be a good episode today, and uh, we're gonna be covering the AFC East and all the fantasy assets that are uh, there within. And um, yeah, you know, there's been a little bit of news, some surprising cuts and things like that, but I don't think there's anything major we really need to cover. Although I do expect over the next week, there's gonna be a lot of surprising cuts um, due to the cap, uh, cap going down. Um, but, uh, yeah, so definitely keep an eye on that. And it's going to be a really opportunistic free agency for a lot of teams. I think they're going to be ready for it to start some good players on the, on the low, but, uh, yeah, let's, uh, jump right into this here and let's talk about the Buffalo bills and Micah, why don't you start out and, uh, give us your take on the quarterback of the Buffalo bills, Josh Allen to everyone who used to hate on Josh Allen you get a pass because if you watch him in college, he (laughs) was so bad. (laughs) Like all his talent was there and he could not hit anything. And his first two years he struggled and then bam, he comes out this year and puts up MVP numbers. And last year in our dynasty draft, Josiah took him at the end of the third round. And now I'm starting to see Josh Allen go way up until one of the top quarterbacks taken because He's a threat with his legs, his arm. They have a good team around him, and the rest of the AFC East, they're far superior then. So he will probably continue mm-hmm. to feast. And, yeah, jo- Josh Allen just proved himself to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league this year, I think. And I if know it, you're happy, Josiah, with having him. Good no, definitely. Him. I will I will give my take. <laughs> uh, but I'd love to hear uh, Nathan's take on him and how he feels about him and uh, going forward, uh, maybe a roundabout where you might have him ranked, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's obviously the best quarterback in this division by far, MVP mm-hmm. candidate this year. So, um, yeah, the big thing is he has legs, and that's incredibly valuable in fantasy. He gets quite a bit of rushing touchdowns as well. So um, I'll be interested to see if that continues. You know, we saw that kind of dip down quite a bit for Cam Newton, even though he had more rushing touchdowns than uh, passing touchdowns this year. But we'll get to that with the Patriots. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I mean, Josh Allen is the clear um, cream of the crop in this division. And, uh, yeah, as far as where I have him ranked going forward, uh, I mean, you got to have him in the top five, right? I mean, he's on the door of top three as well. So, yeah. yeah, it's – I don't know. What, what do you all think? Where do you all put them? Uh, I, I can say for me it, it's hard. Obviously, I am seeing this guy with rose-colored glasses right now. Uh, you know, I remember feeling really bad about that pick. Actually, I made I made back-to-back quarterback picks there, and I took Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield. And, like, man, there was a, there was a time where, like, before the season started where I felt so bad about both of those picks, but, uh, and, you know, Baker kind of struggled for the first part of the season, but he turned out to be a a, a great guy and um, to have at the end of the season. So, uh, but that being said, yeah, I, I I love Josh Allen. I think for me, he's, he's pushing, I think he's going to be quarterback three for me. I think if he's the one Oh three in your dynasty super flex draft, 
I'm not mad. Even if he were the 102, I'm not mad at that. The thing is, Deshaun Watson's only like a year and a half older than him. Uh, so, you know, I, I think I might still take Deshaun. But the thing is, Deshaun's whole situation, is he going to play next season? Is he – there's there's a little bit of uncertainty going on with that. So, um, what, yeah. What do you all think about in comparison to Kyler Murray? For me, the reason why I think I am going to take Josh Allen over Kyler Murray is I just feel like he's, oh. he's bigger bodied and he's going to be able to hold up and be a lot less injury prone over the course of his career. Um, and I think even when he does drop off on that athleticism, if his, if his accuracy stays where it's at, he'll be able to lean on his arm a, a little bit uh, more than maybe Kyler would without his rushing ability. So, um, yeah, for me, I just think longevity-wise, I see Allen as more of an asset. And from what I've seen of them playing football for their entire career so far, Kyler's a better football player than Josh Allen. Uh, but I do understand why you can put him ahead of the Kyler's. Uh, I just like, from what I've seen, I like Kyler more as a player than Josh Allen. So I'm going to like side with him just a little bit, but dude, Josh Allen's right there. It's tough. uh, Yeah. To be the tiebreaker, I would probably take Kyler too. Um, I like Kyler is super slippery, man. He doesn't really get hit hard very often. Um, so and Josh Allen does. He's more like Cam Newton, where he's more yeah. of a power runner and takes more abuse. So, um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, Kyler in his own right has a cannon for an arm. He's he's very accurate as well. He's in a good offense with fantastic receiving corps, um, you know, even better than what uh, the Bills have. So, yeah, I'm, it's close, but I'll take Kyler. And uh, just to circle back to Deshaun, would both of you take Deshaun over, over Josh Allen? Yes. I think I would. Yeah. Yeah. Again, for me right now, it's a little bit scary because there's this talk of he's saying he'll just sit out uh, the season. Um, I don't think it's going to come to that, but just the possible risk of that would, would make me maybe consider uh, guys like Kyler and Josh Allen over him. But if that situation's cleared out, even if he does end up staying with the Texans, I would still probably take Deshaun as well but um here's the thing if he starts following through with even if it gets that far of him sitting out games like the Texans are going to realize that trading him is better than not getting any value at all mm-hmm. so they're they can get a king's ransom if they trade him or he can sit out a year and try to wait out his contract so if yeah, we, we've seen them make stupid or, decisions before but if they want to try to do something smart they need to trade him with the highest value and they need to trade him to the Miami Dolphins who have the most draft capital to be able to give up for Dijon and cap space. You see, I think he's going to go to the Bears. Mm, wouldn't that be a treat? They pass on him a few years ago, you know, and he comes back and he saves the Bears. Uh, that, that would be funny. Although I've heard the Bears are pushing pretty hard for, for, for us um, at the moment. But uh, with that being said, uh, let's uh, let's move on and talk about this running back group. And in my opinion, it's a pretty lackluster running back group. Um, Neither one of these guys really performed super well. Uh, Nathan, why don't I let you open the discussion and you can talk about both of these guys and uh, how you feel about them moving forward. Yeah, I mean, neither of these two guys excite me. And obviously the two guys we're talking about are Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Yep. Um, Yeah. I don't like this situation because I see Zach Moss 
getting a lot of short yardage work and getting more goal line work like you did this year. I only see that getting worse if you're a Singletary owner. And if you're a Moss owner, Singletary is getting the vast majority of the catches and still a good bit of the rushing work as well. So uh, I really don't like either of these two options. Um, obviously, you know, they're they're worth having on a dynasty team, but don't expect these guys to be anything more than, you know, a flex play. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite out of this group? If, if you did did have to have to, you know, hit your horse to one of them, uh, uh, who would you want to go with? I think Moss has more upside, but Singletary get, is still getting the majority of the catches. So, right. I, I mean, for next year, at least, I'm still going to have to go with Singletary. Um, for the long haul, maybe hold on to Moss, but he may never turn into that pass-catching guy, and he may just remain a short yardage back. So um, it has its value, but it's not very consistent. So, yeah, give me Singletary. I'll take him. But, uh, yeah, it's not happy about either of these options. What about you, Micah? I want to give a shout-out to Naughty Beavers, who is in our Dynasty League. And he keeps trying to trade me Devin Singletary. And just every time he says be a trade for him, I don't want to make the trade. So I, I, I don't see it in Devin Singletary. And, um, and I think Zach Moss is the better back. And I, I'm not super high on Zach Moss either. And, you know, I, I don't know where they're going to go because they don't seem like the running backs you want to have paired up with Josh Allen. I feel like they need like yeah, I mean, slippery receiving back, and that's what neither one of them are. Optimally, they would bring someone in that's better than both of these guys, but at the moment, it's this lackluster thunder and lightning combo. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, they drafted Zach Moss last year. They drafted Devin, Devin Singletary the year before. I think they have no choice but to kind of let this play out for a second. Um, yeah, you know, I cheap. don't think they're going to use yeah. draft capital again. They might be able to bring in a cheap free agent. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I think just like from a GM's perspective, you know, they've made these two picks and and, and they one of them needs to turn out. And I do think they're going to try to carve out a role. I mean, the thing about the Bills is they have they have to have a better run game than they did. Josh Allen can't throw 50 times a game every single game, you know. So uh, I think they're going to hopefully going to try to uh, make something out of this. I don't – I think I agree with Nathan's analysis, uh, and I'd love to hear what you think, uh, which one you'd rather have as well, Micah. But I think I agree I'd rather have Singletary because of the pass catching. But if it's uh, non-PPR, even half PPR, I think I would lean a little bit more towards Moss. just because of the upside um that being said i don't think either of these guys i I mean you know you can go late rb strategy and stuff but i don't think i'd want either of them as even my running back three i think if Um, i had singletary as my running back four i'd feel okay but even still you know i'd love to have even more depth there but and uh, if one of the two guys gets injured then i could see them elevating into definitely a higher status but right right yeah so they're gonna vulture each other so definitely a good depth piece, but I don't think either of these guys, at least for the moment, um, are going to be anything super valuable, going to be a later round uh, pick for sure. Um, uh, Micah, uh, which one would you rather have? I don't know. If, uh, what, did Zach you Moss. Say? I'd rather have Zach okay. Moss. So, so I'll ask you then, Moss, would you rather have Zach Moss or Chase Edmonds? Zach Moss. Uh, what about you, Nathan? 
or uh, we'll switch that with Singletary since you like Singletary a little more. Yeah, I would have to take a second look at Chase Edmonds before I blindly cling to that, but uh, give me Chase Edmonds. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, last last one here. Uh, what about Miles Gaskin? Uh, no, I would Gaskin. take Miles Gaskin. His job's about to be taken. Oh, it's about to be taken, but I would still take. Ooh. We'll cut. We'll, 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 we're we're going to get to Miles. Yeah, Gaskin. We're, we're covering that team today. That's true. Yeah, that should, yeah, that, I, 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 uh, that's my mistake. But, anyways, let's uh, move on to this wide receiver group now. And uh, I'd like to open up the discussion here and talk mm-hmm. about my man, Stefan Diggs. And uh, yeah, I, he finishes the overall wide receiver three. Uh, he had 127 receptions, 1,500 yards, uh, eight touchdowns. Um, him and this, this connection between him and Allen is clearly, I think that's one of the biggest contributors to Allen's big jump up. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. times we say, yep. oh, these rookie quarterbacks can't play, but we look around and who do they have throw, throw, to throw the ball to, you know? And I think uh, the year before, uh, you know, we'll talk about some of these other guys in uh, Cole Beasley and John Brown, but that's not the receiving core you really want for your young rookie. Uh, you, you really want an alpha receiver there. And they went and got that in Stefan Diggs, and it really did uh, seem like it was a great grab for them. Um, I think for me in Dynasty, I think he's going to be somewhere – he's either going to be wide receiver four or five for me. I'm going to have him pretty high. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, he's he's younger than uh, Devontae Adams. Um, he's uh, say six months older than Tyreek Hill. Um, uh, I think, you know, for me – yeah, I value him a lot, and I see him being a big part uh, of the offense with the Bills moving forward. And if you believe in Josh Allen, I think you got to believe in Stephon Diggs. Um, that being said, uh, how do you guys feel about him? Are y'all quite as high as me? Maybe not. I saw saw Nathan. You flinched a little bit when I said uh, wide receiver four or five. Where might you have him? I mean, five wouldn't be you know too too high. I wouldn't have him in my top five personally. Um, I mean, I would have Hill Adams. Metcalf, AJ Brown, and Hopkins over him for sure. Um, you know, there's an argument to put Ridley over him as well. Um, just kind mm-hmm. of projecting, especially with Julio being out and you know that offense projecting a little bit there. Um, I don't know. Would you put Diggs above Justin Jefferson as well, Josiah? I know you're really high on him. Oh no, no. For me, Justin Jefferson is uh, dynasty receiver number number three. So, uh, so yeah, I. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh I'm, I'm very high. I can't Jefferson. wait to revisit this. Some spicy but, curry right there. I, uh, for me, it's four or five. And the person that I fluctuate between is AJ Brown. Um, the thing is, is I just feel like there's such a higher pass volume in this offense than what AJ Brown has. And don't get me wrong. AJ Brown's one of the best in the league at, at doing the most with those, with the few targets that he gets. But for me, I feel like it's a little bit more dependable game in to game out. Uh, that Stefan Diggs is going to get me what I need, uh, at least for the next couple of years moving forward. Uh, but AJ AJ Brown is several, uh, I think, three years younger, so that that definitely does, uh, you know, cause me to consider that. But um, but yeah, yeah, that's 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 where he's at for me. That's where the, the it gets tough for me. And uh, yeah, yeah. But, but um, clearly that, a top tier wide receiver one for any of us. So. Uh, absolutely yeah yeah and you know a lot of this a lot of this uh yeah you know i mean it could go either way i mean you know josh allen finishes the quarterback one this year but that doesn't necessarily mean we're gonna have him one going forward but it definitely puts him in that top tier rank and i think that that stefan Diggs uh is is very similar in that way uh for and, wide receiver 
And if they do bring in somebody or lean on the run game a little more, I could see them doing a, le- a little less, you know, bombs down the field and, and passing like they did this year. But um, also it'd be interesting to see if they bring anybody in at their other wide receiver spots, but they still have some decent guys there, um, but they're just getting a little older. I don't know. What do you think about them? Uh, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, uh, they, they have uh, Cole Beasley, John Brown, and then obviously uh, Gabe Davis as the, three kind of auxiliary pass catching mm-hmm. options. Um, yeah. Uh, Micah, how do you feel about those three guys? I mean, Gabriel Davis is obviously the youngest. He didn't do Cole Beasley actually had a really good year. I really don't know where to value him in dynasty because he's 32 years old and I was shocked by how well he did this past season. And I don't know if he can replicate it. Um, so I don't know where to judge him at the moment. And John Brown is he's 31 as well. And, uh, he he's done good. He took a step down with Diggs, and everybody started playing more this season. And I was probably saying Gabriel Davis. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. He did get hurt this year. That's yeah, right. He was the wide receiver too before he got hurt, and then that's why. Um, yeah, that's why Beasley had such a good year. Yep, that's right. And yeah. then, um, oh. I I think we're all also forgetting the man who is used to be called the human joystick, Mister Isaiah McKenzie who used to be a great returner for the University of Georgia and actually had a decent year at wide receiver for him being in the league for a few years and not producing much. Uh, He's a free agent, and I I don't know if they're going to bring him back. They're probably going to bring somebody in to replace his role and with the older guys. So I think his role is getting covered, and we'll see how much they want to upgrade their receiver spot. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he he did have a, a surprisingly uh, good season, and I, I think they could bring him back for cheap, and they did a lot of uh, little mm-hmm. trick plays with him and things like that, and I think that's yeah. a valuable, you know, little gadget guy. And, yeah, to be the wide receiver, fifth best wide receiver on your team, to be that valuable, that just shows how prolific uh, of a season Josh Allen had. But um, yeah, Better than Tavon Austin. I'll say yes, that sir. right now. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, that did a little bit better than the Rams did. Burned by Rams. But, uh, but yeah, so yeah, Gabe Davis, I, I am, I, I do feel pretty solid about, I mean, don't get me wrong, Cole Beasley, John Brown, if they're on your roster and don't drop them, you want them uh, nah, because yeah, of their on. age, you know, I think, you know, you could expect them to drop off any season now. It may not be next year, but it's going to be soon. That being said, I think Gabe Davis's star is on the rise and uh, he just, in, in the playoff game they had, he had two or three back to back, just toe tap on the sideline where they had to go back to the review and see, and he got every single one, man. And uh, that was at the very end of the season. Uh, but it really did make me uh, impressed with not only the role he has, but his actual talent. And um, that's something that, that really opened my eyes. And uh, I do think he's a solid uh, number two, number three option. Definitely after this year, I think it will be Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis uh, that we see as the one and two in this offense. So yeah, and Dynasty, I think uh, this year's the the year to buy him for sure, and it might not be um, as expensive as uh, in in years moving on. Um, last guy to talk about here, they have Tyler Croft. Uh, what I have written down for him is eh, eh. Um, he's a guy. Yeah. I, I don't think there's much to say about him. I mean, he he's, he's a also tight a free end. agent, and I don't think he's going to go anywhere where he's starting. So yeah, yeah. and uh, they also have Dawson Knox, who sucks as well, and they're going to be finding a new tight end within the draft or free agency. Uh, they don't they don't have anyone on the roster right now. I think that's going to be fantasy relevant. 
There's yeah. some good tight ends they could bring in for not a whole lot of yes, money in free agency. Like good pass catching guys too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, no, I think uh, yeah, in free agency they could look at somebody like Johnny Smith to bring in. Um, uh, you know, Gerald maybe- Everett. Everett would be uh, a good one. Uh, maybe Hunter there. Hunter Henry will probably be on the high end of that that pay range, mm-hmm. but even still, he might be affordable. Um, but or they could even maybe use like a second round pick on somebody like Brevin Jordan or uh, Pat Fryermuth. But um, mm-hmm. with that being said, yeah, let's kind of transition and talk about uh, the draft and free agency and their needs. We just oh, kind of well, covered. What, what, what do you have to say, Nathan? Well, I, it's nothing about their tight ends. There's nothing interesting there. But, um, it, you know, Gabe Davis, I agree on the wide receiver front that he's a good um, that he's a good buy low candidate now. I mean, I I didn't really mm-hmm. study a whole lot on him either. But um, he's since he is going to be older and not, not a lot of people are going to know a whole lot about him because of his injury. Like John Brown mm-hmm. probably isn't a bad buy low candidate either. Um, he's, he's put up, you know, some really good seasons in the past. He's been very consistent and he's about the same age as Adam Thielen. So uh, I still think he has, you know, you know, a good four years left where he can put up solid production. So, um, we'll see, he'll probably be fighting with Gabe Davis for that wide receiver two spot, at least at the start of next season. So, um, yeah, especially if he's sitting on the bench somewhere or on the waiver wire somewhere, snag him up. Yep. I, I agree. If he's out there, get him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. And I actually have heard some rumblings of maybe Cole Beasley potentially being a cap casualty uh, from the Bills. But um, I don't if that happened, I think definitely John Brown uh, I would be a guy I would yeah. like to have. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if if uh, what their what their wide receiver core looks like uh, come May after the draft. But, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, their needs. Um, obviously, we talked about tight end. Um I think uh, they could also use. Uh, we talked about a running back as well, but also they need a pass rush. They were one of these guys, uh, one of these teams that were really all in on JJ Watt. Um, it didn't work out, but um, yeah, I'm not sure exactly. There's a lot of good pass rushers that are going to be in this free agency period, so I think they could uh, bring in someone. Um, uh, you know, there's even a, there's a guy from Cincinnati oh, whose name is escaping me, but uh, he's a. a decent pass rusher that'll be on the free agency market that'll be cheap um yeah i think david Clowney, if he's still good will be there but yeah um yeah what about a you good guys? sack a year <laughs> yeah right yeah. Um, he is a good run defender though and and he he, he does and he gets he does pressures get, and stuff he gets pressure he, he gets pressure lacks, just, lacks the sack and well, don't get me wrong sacks uh, are important but you know like i think it is a little bit of an over overhyped uh stat if you are putting up some of these other other defensive stats it is and one thing that really sucks for the bills is i couldn't believe whenever ed oliver fell to them they got him i think ninth in that draft and i was just like okay well they just got pretty much like the next like grady jarrett you know possible geno atkins like this is interior pass rusher that just disrupted things and it didn't happen and now look they're stuck trying to replace somebody on the edge or inside with him yeah I think the best guy they have right now is Mario Addison, who's functional, but I don't think he's the you know the guy you want as your number one. Jerry Hughes is old. Yeah, Jerry he's Hughes. Been good, yeah, but he's, he's old. There. Yeah. But, uh, honestly, like their entire defense, I expect that to be the theme of the draft. I mean, I think they can get a tight end, but I mean, they need an edge rusher. I probably think that would be their first pick at, at the thirtieth overall selection. But they need defensive tackle. Um, they need a corner. They didn't have very good corners, and Josh Norman is gone after this year. So um, they they've got to build a defense. So their offense was good this year. Yeah. Yep. 
Yep. Um, and right. you know what they need to do in the draft? They need mm-hmm. to find a new backup quarterback so they don't have Jake Fromm sitting back there. <laughs> Dude, we don't want him in the game. I, they're probably going to be have no shortage of guys to sign in free agency with how crazy this quarterback carousel has been. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, Cam Newton's still on the market begging for a job. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, actually, that would be really good. He's like an older, previous yeah. version of Josh Allen. Kind of like how the Ravens sign RG three. Yeah, I actually yeah. like that now that I think about it. Yeah, that would be a good fit. I think he's gonna be. You know, he said he thinks he's one of the thirty-two best guys, and he's gonna yeah. be looking for a starting job. But I don't know if he's gonna get it. But uh, there is, there is a uh, maybe one landing spot I, I could see him talk about. We'll, we'll we'll get to Cam Newton. Um, let's uh, move on to the second team here. And talk about the Miami Dolphins. And uh, the Miami Dolphins have a quarterback named Tua Tungavailoa that uh, they had transitioning with Ryan Fitzpatrick this year. Um, Nathan, why don't you give your take on Tua? Yeah, I mean, the big question for Tua right now is, is he the long-term answer for the Dolphins? And my belief is that no, he is not. Um, Fitz Magic, it sounds like he it looks like he's probably going to retire, so that option's probably, probably going to be gone. Um, he's played for about every team in the league, and it's sad to see the journeyman go, but uh, he had a good run and a great beard, so we'll, we'll give credit where it's due. Mm-hmm. But as far as Tua goes, um, I don't believe he's the long-term answer. I, I don't think he has the passing ability to overcome his lack of mobility. Um, I think he has to be able to run to be successful. And I think if he runs, he's going to get hurt. So um, I don't think he's going to cut it for them, but luckily for them, they have the number three overall selection and there are no shortage of quarterbacks in this draft. So um, they could trade to and cut their losses. It's a possibility. Um, this offseason has been crazier. So yeah, but uh, as far as the long-term answer, I don't think Tua is it. What about y'all? I think the Miami Dolphins need to trade Tua, the number three pick, their number 18th pick, like next year's first round or whatever they need to give up to get Deshaun Watson is what they need to do. And Why do that when you're sitting at number three and you could get one of the top three quarterbacks, if not top two? The, you know, the number three pick could be anything. It could be Deshaun Watson for all we know. <laughs> and it gets you off of Tua – and oh, just a it, boat, but the mystery box could be anything. It could, it could be anything. Be <laughs> and let me tell, let me tell the Houston Texans how to. This is how you turn around your franchise. You make this trade to the Dolphins, and then you take Tua and you turn around, and trade him to New England for the number fifteen pick, <laughs> and just get all these draft picks to try I feel to. Like, like you've is, about this a little bit. Tua is getting no, used. I, like, Tua is getting used like a three dollar whore, man. <laughs> Dude, he. Well, why don't you come in and and save his honor, Josiah? Well, so okay, I want to be clear. You know, he he was very mediocre this year, but you know, and in comparison, in in comparison, he didn't suck. He really didn't. In 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 comparison to guys like like from multiple games. Yeah, like, yeah, he was benched in multiple games. I I understand. I he he. Uh, you know, here's here's the thing. I I don't think it's fair to get to to give him. You know, like less than half of a season when he was coming back from the injury uh, during COVID, uh, you know, flipping him in and out with Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, that's going to mess with the guy's head. I just don't feel like we've had a fair, true fair assessment yet. And, you know, I, I, I'm not saying this isn't me sitting here and pounding the table for two and telling you to draft him because he's going to be the next superstar at all. This is just me saying, 
we 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 have this expectation of of all players but especially quarterbacks to come out and just be you know incredible right out of the gate and that doesn't always happen uh, he almost completed 70 percent of his passes not a lot of them were super downfield but they were kind of running an offense that wasn't allowing him to do that it was very quick checkdowns and a lot of runs i mean um I'd like to see I'd like to see a, a season of him behind the helm before I before I'm completely ready to move off of him. And uh, that being said, I agree with your your take, Micah. That uh, I mean, if they can get Watson, they should do it. I mean, I I don't I don't think he should be untradeable. I just think no matter whether he's with the 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 Dolphins or wherever, I just think we haven't really given him a fair chance um, to 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 be potentially a starter somewhere yet. And I'm not ready to move off of him quite yet. Um, I think for me, he's going to be somewhere between QB 16 and 18. So like a lower end Q, uh, QB two, okay. I mean, uh, you know, if he's your QB two and you waited, uh, you know, that's okay. Um, I mean, that's where I'm at with Ooh. him. I mean, uh, for me, I, I, I mentioned last episode, Nathan, uh, that I have moved hurts above him now that, uh, Wentz is gone and, um, everything, but for me, they're both guys that it's kind of a risk. They're young and they could possibly work out as a franchise quarterback, or they could not be starting next year. So, uh, you know, I think, uh, Jalen Hurts does have a little bit more upside, um, at least for the moment, but I'm just saying, I, I still see Tua mm. with some upside and I don't think I can say he's not going to be a starting quarterback yet. Um, that being said, he was mediocre. He didn't get the job done, and Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick was a better quarterback than him. And Ryan Fitzpatrick would be a better quarterback than 10 quarterbacks in the league probably for a team right now. But for Maybe some reason, he games. doesn't get he doesn't get any love. Yeah, it's it's in spurts. That's the problem. But um, but anyways, uh, with that, uh, unless you guys oh. have anything, anything else you want to add about Tua – or or actually, I have a question, oh. Nathan. You you, you kind of were surprised when you, you said I had him at a low-end quarterback too – um, would you, would you have him, I guess, rank more into the quarterback three range or are you, are you that off of him or? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's definitely outside the top 20 for me. Um, especially with this rookie class coming in, I, I could see him if you're in a 12 team league clinging into like, you know, like the 24th quarterback spot, you know, if, if he's got the starting job next year and he has the firm hold on it, then yeah, that's, that'll put him in that conversation. But I, yeah, I'm, I don't want to throw the guy under the bus completely, but I just don't have a lot of faith that he's going to have a long-term successful career, but that's fair. And, and I I do think there's a, you know, kind of what I was talking about with Allen, you know, uh, he has some decent options that we'll talk about, but I think if they do snag a guy like Jamar Chase um, for him, that's really gonna. Dude, uh, Josiah, it doesn't matter. If you drafted two already, you fucked up. If you if you traded for him, you have been bamboozled. And <laughs> if you have him on your team, you find somebody who just like has some kind of misconception that two is going to be good and trade him for whatever you can get. That is my only advice I can give to anybody for Tua. Micah's yeah. advice is to trade Tua to people like Josiah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, you know, yes, I, I do is, like this. this. We have, we have this is the way. We have three three gradients of opinion here. It seems, uh, you know. I, and again, I don't want to be the guy that's pounding the table for Tua. I don't want that to be my stamp here. Uh, I just think terrible to die. I just think that less than half a season of a very weird season and one where he was coming back from a the Bo Jackson level uh, injury um, isn't quite fair to say he's he's never going to be good yet. That's all I'm saying, guys. 
Uh, but with that, we can move uh, on to the running backs here and uh, talk about the gas man, Miles Gascan. And uh, yeah, this is a guy. How long did you uh, think about that before we started this episode? Oh, I've been calling him. I've been calling him the gas, the gas man. Uh, okay. Uh, but uh, the gas man averaged 16 points a game. He only played in 10 games. He uh, had some injuries, but uh, yeah, 16 points a game. That would have at that rate that would have put him at the RB 12 this year. So I mean, um, he's he's really undervalued. I think. Now, don't get me wrong. I do think they're going to bring in um, some somebody else in this backfield and potentially even a high-end uh, uh, rookie running back. Um, but if they didn't, if they brought in maybe a third or fourth round guy, I think I would still project Gaskin to be the, the, the leader in touches in the backfield. I mean, there's no reason why his performance last year when, when healthy um, would suggest anything different and would suggest that, uh, you know, they should, they should completely move off of him. Um I'm interested to hear what you guys think. Cause I think he will be kind of divisive. Uh, I got him pretty late as my running back four in the startup that I did recently. And I felt pretty good about having him as my running back four. but um, Micah, where, where are you at with the gas man? I like him. I when earlier, whenever I said I would take him over Zach Moss and Devin Singletary and Chase Edmonds, it's part of the reason why is because I'm higher on him than them, but I'm also not very high on them. So I don't want people to think that like I'm super high on Gaskin because I think Aaron Jones has come in or they're drafting one of these running backs in this draft. They have too many picks to not pass on these guys. But I think Gaskin can be a good RB2 and put up, like you said, be your RB4 if you need him. And if he's an injury away from doing good. Because I remember this past season, I think it was right before they played the Jags, I sat there on waivers and redraft, baiting on picking up Miles Gaskin and dropping James White. And I didn't pull the trigger on it. Gaston's good good that night. And then he eventually ended up – I think he got COVID. I think that's why he missed Sometimes, his game. Man. And then he came back and did really good in the championship week. So, yeah. I – and I don't know. I, I, he could just be a guy that just flies under the radar. And then he really breaks out this year. What if they don't bring in another running back and they're just like, yeah, Gaston's is the number one guy. We won't know for sure. I think there's a 10 to 20% chance that that happens, you know, but, um, so but they do have a lot, they, do it now. they do have a lot of cap room. So, you know, um, what, what do you think, Nathan, what, what's your take on Gaskin? Uh, yeah, I can be the harbinger of doom on this one, guys. Um, I, I'm not high on Gaskin for the sole reason that either through free agency or the draft, they are going to be bringing in, a, a top running back. Uh, I expect them to be in the running for Harris or ETN. You know, they not only do they have that third overall pick, but they have the 18th overall pick as well. Um, you know, I'll probably project that at receiver, but they could also get Najee Harris at that pick, which would be amazing uh, to take uh, the pressure off tool with them. So, uh, yeah, it's they could go a bunch of different ways with it. But no matter what, I do see Gaskin playing second fiddle to whoever comes into that offense. But he is a good receiving back. Uh, he was efficient this year. And like you said, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, he averaged over four yards a carry. He averaged uh, over nine yards per reception. So he's very efficient and he does have a role. So an RB4, RB5 would definitely be, uh, you know, a ballpark realm for him next year. Yeah, no, definitely. And yeah, again, uh, he would be an injury away, I think, uh, even if they did bring somebody in from, uh, you know, maybe going up to an RB three or something like that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, they also have a guy named Salvin Ahmed who was a rookie this year and was a guy that really fell under the radar. Um, but 
he really did great when uh, Gaskin was out and he was given the the opportunity to perform. And I think that kind of speaks to this offense and like whoever is the running back there is just probably it's, they're going to get a lot of touches Mm -hmm. and they're going to probably be pretty efficient with it because um, Brian Flores has managed to really craft a a, a good run game. um, Have a good old line down there. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what their, what their offense was centered around at least last year, uh, whether Tua or Fitzpatrick was behind the helm. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah. Uh, anything else to add guys? Uh, or do you want to move on to receivers here? You well, mean the receiver. The, right. the receiver. The receiver. <laughs> there's a receiver and a tight end. That, that's what there's, a, there's a receiver and a chronically injured receiver. Okay. <laughs> But, uh, yes, we can talk about the non-chronically injured receiver in Devontae <laughs> Parker. And uh, why don't you go ahead and hop on that? Uh, actually, I was going to say, Micah, but Nathan, I want to hear your take first because, uh, yeah, I know you uh, at least have him in one of our dynasties. But, um, uh, yeah, how do, you, how do you feel about him moving into next next season since you're so off of Tua? Yeah, I mean, I I really liked uh, Parker, and he might be one of the reasons I'm off of Tua because anytime Tua was in there, it dropped his fantasy <laughs> output by like forty percent. Hey, that's um, Tua was a son of a bitch for any uh, Devonte Parker owner, any any receiving option. I mean, honestly, the offense mm-hmm. really did run poorer with him in. But, uh, you know, I've, I've trashed him enough. But Devontae Parker, talent-wise, there's no doubt about, you know, his ability as a receiver. But I do have some concern if Tua is the quarterback headed mm-hmm. in the next year. Um, and with them having the number third overall pick, that is an if. But, yeah, I uh, – you know, Devontae Parker still has very good value. Um, but it's limited to me with Tua in that offense, at least from what yeah. I've seen. But, um, Micah, it sounds like you kind of agree. Yep. Yeah, if Tua's gone, Devontae Parker's going up because he's 28. And, I mean, he's signed, you know, the next three years. Mm-hmm. So, I don't want this Tua experiment that's not going to work out to, like, pretty much take away his last few years he has a fantasy relevancy. Yeah. So, if Tua's there, I don't really want anything to do with Devontae Parker, even though he's got the talent. I'm just not going to be able to trust him a lot, but um, yeah. yeah. Um, I got a couple of names to throw out to you guys um, with, uh, with Devontae Parker, but before I do, um, he, he was, uh, he did miss a couple of games himself, Devontae Parker, but he uh, finishes the wide receiver 40. So just outside of a wide receiver three range, but he had 63 receptions, uh, 793 yards and four touchdowns. So if his touchdowns would have gone up to even like six or seven. He would have been a, uh, you know, top end wide receiver mm-hmm. three. Um, so, you know, I think that was part of the problem is just the Miami yeah. offense wasn't generating a lot of passing touchdowns, uh, even with Fitzpatrick, it was, you know, uh, low scoring and mostly rushing, uh, touchdowns. Um, but, um, yeah, a couple of names to throw at you guys, um, Jarvis Landry or Devonte Parker, who you take All right. What about you, Nathan? Hmm. That's tough. I'd probably go with Jarvis. He he's more versatile. The guy throws passes. He he gets the ball, you know, he gets handoffs, things like that. So um I'll I'll take him for his versatility. But it, it's tough because I think Parker has the ability to be, you know, obviously a clear cut number one receiver on that offense, and he has been. Right. And uh, what about Henry Ruggs? Uh, just, we'll stick with you, Nathan. Uh, yeah, give me give me Devontae Parker. Um, okay. I agree, Devontae. He's a number one wide receiver in the offense, and Ruggs is no sure thing, especially at this point. So, 
Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, the only other uh, wide receiver I'd like to talk about personally is uh, Preston Williams, who mm-hmm. has done really well in spurts and in, in, in multiple games where he's managed to stay healthy, which are rare. Uh, but uh, yeah, if he does stay healthy and they do add another receiver, I mean, this, this wide receiver group goes from looking very lackluster to being pretty solid, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, in addition to Mike Gesicki, um, the tight end here, I mean – I think this can look a, like a lot better of a situation for Tua for Tua next year. I mean, we, um, I, I, again, I mentioned with these rookie quarterbacks, you really want to surround them with talent, and I get, I just think that's one of the issues that uh, that they had was was he just wasn't surrounded with talent. Now, if he still can't do it surrounded by talent, then yeah, definitely, I think my apology for Tua will 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 be over with, but. Um, that's, you know, that, that I think just projecting forward, this can look a lot better come May than it does right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, anything to say about Preston Williams and, uh, go ahead and talk about Mike Gesicki. Uh, go ahead, Micah. He's a good guy, um, for stats. He did okay this year, but he's a like physical freak. <laughs> it's like, I was so high on him before the season, because when you look at him, he's got the size, the speed everything you want in a tight end. And there weren't really any other receiving options outside of Devontae Parker going into this year. I thought he was getting ready to feast. Didn't happen. Maybe it's the product of having Tua out there. And I'm, I don't know what to make of him. I, I wanted him to have such a good season. And he just kind of just kind of bummed me out and didn't. And I, I don't know where. But that's the thing. is like this whole situation is bound around if they're going to try to keep Tua and keep rebuilding, having terrible quarterbacks there, or are they going to cut their losses and draft a quarterback at number three or trade for one? It just it sucks. Tua like just fucks up the rest of this offense. Hey, Micah, do you like Tua? I want him to go to the Patriots <laughs> so they could just be the worst team in football and go 0-17. Oh, man. Uh, Yikes. I, I understand why you hate – to uh, Micah, and just just know that spiritually I'm with you, but but as an analyst, I do think he has. Yes, I think he's him. awful too. It's not just that. <laughs> uh, but anyways, Mike, I do want to touch on Mike Gesicki. You seem seem pretty disappointed with him, but he did finish as the mm-hmm. tight end seven. Which don't get me wrong, that's no major feat nowadays. That's but now. uh, but um, you know, he had a good amount of touchdowns. I think he had six. Um, he was a red zone target for mm-hmm. Tua. Uh, I think. Uh, three of Tua's passing touchdowns were to Gasicki, so you know that's somewhat promising uh, for that connection. But uh, yeah, you know I think he can be a um, a big help and and could be a potential uh, tight end. Uh, you know I think he was listed as a lot of people people as a breakout last year and it didn't happen. But a lot of people might have just been a year early. A lot of times it takes a little bit more time with the tight ends, but he definitely has the athleticism. And if uh, Tua, or especially if Deshaun Watson landed there, obviously all these guys' stocks are skyrocketing up. But um, anyways, uh, yeah, we talked about some of their needs, but, uh, you know, I think they need um, they need some offensive line help, uh, wide receiver, running back. Uh, they just cut Kyle Van Noy, which is a really surprising move mm-hmm. um, after signing him a year, just a year ago for a pretty big contract. So I think they're going to need some linebacker help. Um yeah, what what do you what do you guys see? Maybe we'll just talk about their first two or three picks. Um, we mentioned Aaron Jones maybe coming there, but what do you guys maybe seeing them focusing on with those first couple picks? Uh, Nathan, why don't you start? Yeah, I with this draft being what it is with quarterbacks, like I said, I 
I think they have to be at least looking hard at someone at number three. But um, like if they got Zach Wilson at number three, that would be gold. But uh, if not that, you know, getting a stalwart left tackle for Tua, like uh, mm-hmm. Sewell, would be a very nice addition. Uh, protect that franchise quarterback if you believe he is that. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the draft because that'll tell a lot if they're going to try to stick with Tua or um, or try to move into something else. But I agree they're going to need an off-the-ball linebacker. They're going to need someone um, to really – play out in space. They're going to need a running back. Like we mentioned, I expect them to put solve that in free agency. Um, I really kind of expect them to go quarterback number three and then wide receiver at number 18. Like if they had someone like Rashad Bateman fought them at 18, um, that would be gold him and pairing him with Parker. So, uh, and the good thing about them is they have two second round picks, a third, fourth. They, they have mm-hmm. a bunch of good draft picks to build depth here. So um, All right, they, I love it because their defense was so good and it just screams they need offensive line wide receiver help and they're in a prime position at number three because I believe the first two picks are quarterbacks so they're mm-hmm. going to get the take of whatever quarterback they like the best Jamar Chase or Sula mm-hmm. and I feel like if you're not going to take one of those quarterbacks at number three and as much as I think Sewell is great and everything, you might want to trade down yeah. for a quarterback needy team because the Panthers are honestly going to try to trade up and the Falcons might not want to do it at four because they're in the same division. So they might try to trade with Miami and maybe they can get Devontae Smith at number eight. Mm. You know, uh, so, yeah, it's not just... – they have so much flexibility because at 18 they can go wide receivers and they might not want Chase. So they just – they can do what they want. And you're right about that. I've seen a lot of stuff projecting Chase to them at number three, which wouldn't be a bad pick at all. But just like with how many good receivers are in this class, I it's hard for me to justify taking someone in the top three when you could trade down and get someone like Smith or Waddle or Bateman. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so. they have so much draft capital. Maybe they just don't want to like get more picks because they already have enough and they just want to take. That's why they should go quarterback, honestly. Do what the Cardinals did. Like if you can get a second rounder for Tua, cool. Drive Zach Wilson. Yeah, I don't. Ooh. I don't think they're gonna do that a year after picking him five overall. But, Dude, um, I mean, they um, the Cardinals moved on from Rosen to Kyler. They were the first team to do it. It could start a trend. Yeah, uh, potentially. But uh, you know, uh, I I I think one thing uh, you did sort of touch on it, Mike. But I think uh, Sewell is actually a really good pick for them at three. Now, selfishly, I, I don't want I don't want that to happen because I, I, want I, I know why Falcons. do you think I didn't want to talk about it? Yeah, I, I want the Falcons <laughs> to uh, to get Sewell, but uh, I would not be surprised at all if that was the pick at three. And mm-hmm. I think if I wrote up a mock draft, like maybe if I was just thinking as the general manager, that might be my personal pick. Um, but uh, they might very well might go quarterback. I don't. I don't think we see that a lot where teams – I know the, the, the Cardinals did do that, but, I, I, you know, where they pick a, a quarterback that high and then do it the same thing the next year. But they might – they very well might. But I don't think I'm going to project that. I, I, I think they're going to get either a wide receiver or a tackle um, for that first pick or trade down. I think that's a very likely situation as well. Um, but, but we'll see. I, I very well could be wrong. Um, but um, – Anything else to add about this team? Or are you guys ready to move on to the next team? Do you think Brian Flores and the GM like sit at night looking at Justin Herbert highlights and go, what were we thinking? I think a lot of people do that. Because <laughs> if they had Herbert right now, you might just take – no, you would take Sewell at three if you had Herbert. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Oh, well. But, 
Mm. Alas. Um, but with that, we can move on to, I think, who is the collectively least favorite team of ours. I mean, Saints Ooh. would be close, but I uh, just think. No, the Saints are number one. Yeah. The Patriots I, are a very close number two. It's close for me. I mean, I don't think anybody's ever hurt me like the New England Patriots did in the Super Bowl. So, Dude, it's Michael like, Thomas hurts me with his face alone. Yeah. Or his Twitter account. Yeah, there's so many things it, about it's that. Tough, man. But yeah, the team is the New England Patriots. And uh, it was, it is kind of hard for them to be my least favorite team just because they were so bad this year. It's almost, it's hard not to feel Dude, like they won six games you know, and they were awful. It's ridiculous how good Belichick is. Seriously, <laughs> it, it, it literally is. Like if he, if he has like the 20th best roster, he's going to be a top eight team. Like that's, that's how good he is. But unfortunately, he had like the 32nd best offensive roster, which uh, mm-hmm. we're going to be getting into. Uh, and uh, we're going to be talking about a man named Cam Newton. And uh, I'm going to let Nathan talk about Cam Newton starting out just because I know for several years that he was a stalwart of, uh, of Nathan's fantasy teams. But, uh, <laughs> but stalwart is a strong word. Well, for, just you had him as your quarterback. That's a word I don't know. Pain in my ass is more. <laughs> <great>. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, what do you think about his performance this year? And do you think – he's going to land back with the Pats? No, he's not coming back with the Patriots. No, um, no, they do not want him. He sucked. Like, he was bad. No. And I, like, I'm not saying this because he bit me as an owner in the past or anything, because, like, I actually like Cam Newton, the player. He, like, I expected him to do much better with the Patriots, but he was not good. Um, as a passer, he was very underwhelming. Uh, he doesn't quite have that juice as a runner he used to, but it's still like he ran for more touchdowns than he passed for, uh, which isn't saying much. Uh, yeah, I mean, he he wants to buy for a starting quarterback job. That's what he, you know, he's sitting in free agency now and he's waiting for that. I don't see him sliding into anywhere where he's going to get that. Um, not, not from what I saw last year, but. Uh, you know, obviously he's a free agent. We'll see where he goes. But uh, yeah, what do you think, Micah? Well, throughout my life, there have been just at certain time periods where players in my life were more hated than others. And Cam Newton, his one year at Auburn, was one of my least favorite people. I thought he was so cocky. I didn't like him. Then he goes to a division rival in the Panthers. And I'm just, why did he have to come to the division? But his play and the type of guy he is, he has won me over. I put that all aside. And I love the guy to death. But his arm is shot. I don't know what happened to his shoulder. He just, the way he used to run, he wore his body down. Like the fact that he lasted 10 years in the league is pretty astounding with the way that he plays. And just, he just showed this year, he threw so many balls in the dirt and he just, he can't do it going forward. I hate to say it. It was crazy watching him. Like it, it looked like he, it was like, he was throwing his arm out of his socket. Like yeah. he was like, like it looked physically painful when he threw. Mm-hmm. Like it was like a gear that's not grinding right or something in there. Not but uh, a natural movement. Yes, it was the very ball strange. Was not moving smoothly in the joint. Something. But but, right. but to be fair, that was really. It, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. He wasn't prolific in his passing, but that was kind of after he had COVID that it was really mm-hmm. really went down. And we do see a lot of players get more affected than others and just people in general get more yeah. affected the after effects of, of COVID. Um, I think that's a potential. I mean, he has mentioned that. As it, a is, it is true. And, uh, yeah. you know, that 
that possibly, I mean, I don't know why it made his arm look like that. <laughs> I don't know if COVID yeah. is connected to your shoulder, but <laughs> or you're uh, just to the throwing bone. motion in general. Right. But it could have just yeah. been so exhausted that he had yeah. to, to, to get the power behind the ball he needed. I don't know. Um, Here's my dream scenario for Cam Newton, where I think he would have the most value and potentially be a guy you would want to have next year. All right. Cam Newton goes to the Washington football team back with Ron Rivera and, and the Washington football team drafts Trey Lance with their first pick. So Cam Newton starts the season out as the starter and, and kind of Trey Lance learns under him and everything like that. Uh, Maybe for a season, maybe by the end of the season, they bring Trey Lance in if Cam really is shot, but uh, that's the best case scenario. You know what? I have to agree with you. I mean, not the Trey Lance part. I would hope it's another quarterback. But they have pick 11 Cam... or 12, man. Who, who else? Yeah. Mac, mm-hmm. You take Mac Jones? Dude, I'd probably take Kellen Mund over Trey Lance. Dude, you haven't watched tape, man. You got to watch I haven't. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> bullshit. No, but I, I don't know where Trey Lance is going to be at. But I do like the idea of bringing in Cam to Washington to get Matt with Romer Bear and drafting a quarterback this year and letting him sit. Like, ideally, the ultimate dream scenario, if they could somehow get Justin Fields. Like, if Justin Fields could sit a year behind Cam Newton, oh, my Lord. I've seen I, some drafts where, where Justin Fields is falling, and I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know Dude, he we don't know what these teams read, are doing. It, it, it blows my mind. I mean, if it not, it's not just like he only has one, one game of film, but the one game of film in particular, the game against Clemson, is the best quarterback film of the 2020 season i, I know but like and, every single but there's like a ton of instances in history like when brady quinn fell and whenever um aaron Rodgers fell people were wondering like why are they falling and then i think with the quarterback class it's so saturated this year there's a chance there are teams that are not high on justin fields and then they draft quarterbacks early and he slips a little bit no no, no it's I, not I, on the realm of possibility I, I, I agree. And I'm seeing that. And I'm seeing a lot of people say mm-hmm. Zach Wilson is their number two, but I mean, not to get too far ahead, mm-hmm. but for me, I, I still have fields as my number two. I haven't, I okay. haven't bumped uh, Wilson above him, but uh, you know, I just, I, I've been, I, I saw one the other day, I think it was the Mel Kuyper mock, but it, it was Justin Fields that picked 24. And I was just okay, like, there's yeah, that's no just crazy. way that that's just crazy. That's, that's there's crazy. no way that that happens. There's, there's so many teams that need quarterbacks, but anyways, <laughs> If that happened, every pick from like pick twelve to twenty-four, I'd be crying that the Falcons weren't trading up. <laughs> right, right, but exactly. But anyways, with that, um, we'll move on to the the. Uh, oh, one th- one more thing I did want to talk about as far as the quarterback group. So we did yeah. we, we did say we don't think they're going to have Cam Newton. Um, we talked about maybe drafting. I've seen some circulation of some articles about Jimmy Garoppolo coming back to New England. They're gonna get him. And uh, I think that's a high possibility. And if not, my second pick, it really is. I think Mac Jones, uh, where they have, it, he it might be a place where he falls. And uh, I could see him maybe, maybe at, uh, that would be the best place for him to go. I mean, there's not a lot of options around him, but just as far as, uh, you know, Bill Belichick's offense and how it would be ran, um, doesn't require him to move too much. Well, of course, we saw, we saw what Cam Newton, that wasn't the case, but. Yeah, Bill Belichick can craft an offense around anybody, so I think that would be a good place for him to go. But um, anything to add to that, guys, or you want to move on to the running backs? I, I'm just waiting any day now for Gardner Minshew to get traded to the Patriots. <laughs> I, it just blows my mind it hasn't happened yet. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, here's the thing. The Jaguars might trade down and build a team around Minshew. 
When maybe if, he'll trade the four with the Falcons. If, and the Falcons if Micah, if Micah was a general manager, if Micah was a general manager, <laughs> his quarterbacks right now would be Gardner Minshew and Jacob Eason. Oh yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. we'd man. sub him in and out when I need when I need deep throws. I'd sub in Eason. Uh, <laughs> when we get man, the red zone, I'll put in Minshew. Talking about that. But, <laughs> All uh, right, let's yeah, uh, talk so. about this this running back group here and Sony. Yep, there's two guys talk about. We all love Sony. Oh, did we? Wait, did we want to talk I, about how Jared Sidham people were actually drafting him, thinking he was going to be the starter next year? I don't want to talk about Jared Sidham personally. I mean, yeah, I'd like to. <laughs> yeah, Sidham's kind of irrelevant. Like, I they're they're going to bring somebody in, but from the reports I'm hearing, it it looks okay. like it's going to be Garoppolo, but he's going to have to agree to it. He has a no trade clause, but okay. I have a Why feeling would he wouldn't mean? mind reuniting with Belichick. Yeah, me either. So, yeah. Um, um, we'll see what they do. Yeah. Well, with that, Sony, Sony. as we said earlier, uh, Liz is a player who's very close to our heart, but I'm not sure he's close to the heart of fantasy football or football in general at this point. He had a, obviously a really great rookie uh, rookie year. I think he finished as a high-end running back too. And then after that, it uh, he had an injury and it kind of went all downhill, as seems to happen with a lot of Georgia running backs, unfortunately. Please. Um, that being said, I think he's worth somebody stashing, just like taking as a flyer. I mean, I'm going to be doing it this year, maybe just out of me liking him, but I think he could have a split backfield with uh, with Damian Harris, who I think is the real guy to talk about in this offense. But, uh, you know, as dog fans, we got to talk about Sony first. So uh, what do you think about my analysis of Sony, Micah? Do, do you agree with that? Or are you higher or lower? I would like everyone to know I would like to have Sony as a stash. But that is mainly because I'm a Georgia fan. I feel like if I wasn't a Georgia fan, that I would want nothing to do with Sony Michelle his knee problems and everything that he showed me this past year just screams to get off and jump from it. But I've seen what he's been able to do when healthy. And I, I would still say he's worth a stash from the talent he can be. It's just his knee issue does bother me. What about you, Nathan? Yeah, I, I just don't think his knees are going to be able to hold up. And Damian Harris, looked like the better runner between the two of them. Um, the problem with him is he doesn't catch passes. And so mm-hmm. that's – the Patriots backfield is kind of a, a clusterfuck. It has been for a while. Um, James White was always, like, the guy to have for a while just because he caught passes. But, it's like you said, if Sony's healthy, he's he's going to produce, but he has a lot of competition back there. I expect them to be adding, you know, one or two guys as mm-hmm. well. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I would hold Damian Harris in higher regard, but even him, like his upside is limited because I just don't think he has a whole lot of pass catching upside. Yeah. The frustrating thing about Sony is when he went to the Patriots, everybody was excited because at, at Georgia, he was the pass catching back. And so we knew he had that skill and, um, we thought going to play for Tom Brady, uh, you know, he'd be catching a lot of passes. And But, yeah, like you said, it was always kind of James White. And even though he's 32 this year, he still might be there. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, but, yeah, Damien Harris did rush pretty well. Um, I think he could emerge as like a top 24 back, maybe 20 to 24 um, next year. Um, I do think that requires some pass catching, which I don't know. I mean – It'll be interesting to see who the quarterback is, and if if somebody like Garoppolo was there, I could see him dumping off a little bit more. Um, 
But uh, yeah, with Damian Harris, uh, would you rather have a guy like Rojo or Harris? Rojo. Oh, yeah. Rojo, Rojo no question asked. All right. What about Fournette? Fournette. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know where he's going to be and what role he's going to play right now. So. He's going to be better than Damian Harris. Yeah. I, I, for me, I think that's a tough call for me. I, I, I would like to see Fournette's landing spot, but I think just in a, in a vacuum, I would probably take Harris uh, for the age and the upside. I don't think that Fournette is going to be the lead back anywhere, whereas, think, whereas I think that Damian Harris could be. Um, there's but, no such thing as a lead back with the Patriots. That that's fair. No, Honestly, that's kind of a rule of fantasy football. Just like try to avoid the Patriots backfield, um, besides James White. But uh, you know, I don't know if James White is gonna be back. Potentially, if he is gone, maybe there would be a pass catching back that would emerge. They also have a rookie last year named, or uh, maybe it was two years ago, named uh, JJ Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's really worth stashing or not. Maybe not, but a lot of people are are higher on him. I think Nathan, he is. Are you are you one of those people? I'm not super high on him, but I think he's definitely worth a stash. Um, he could develop into that pass catching guy you're talking about, especially James White is a free agent. Um, so I, you know, I think JJ Taylor definitely has some potential upside next year. Um, you know, it's Patriots backs. Don't get too high on him, but if you're looking for a really late late stash, then he's a guy I'd get. Yeah. But I think he's the only other name of interest in this backfield. Yeah, yeah. I think we can move on to this pass catching group, which is even less, <laughs> even so less like, interesting. What about? Is this like from a fantasy perspective with Cam Newton gone and them having no one else right now? Like, is this the worst fantasy offense in football right now? I, I think it is. I think with Cam Newton there it is. I mean, yeah, like I mean, it's either bad. way, like, it's, it's, bad. It's, it's, it's pretty bad. Uh, it, it's uh, horrible. There are two guys in this wide receiving core that me personally, I am willing to take a late stash on. I actually, uh-huh. the, the first guy I'll talk about here, Nikhil Harry, I got in the fifteenth round. Yeah, uh, felt pretty good about that. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it's not not cute, high risk. Uh, I think he was my wide receiver five, uh, maybe even six uh, at that point. But, um, you know, he could emerge. You know, if they get a competent quarterback, I think as of right now, he projects to be the 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 main target. I mean, Julian Edelman is still there, but is he is he a free agent? I believe I he is. Yes. Okay. If he um, is, then then I don't and know. he's old as dirt, and he's damn near useless now, and he sucks too. Right. Well, you know, I mean, he's he, I, I kind of see Julian Edelman when healthy as a guy like Cole Beasley. He's old and a slot receiver, but that can provide some value sometimes in fantasy football. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I don't don't draft Julian Edelman in anywhere. He's going to be but, what, like 35 this next year. Yeah, he's going to be old. He's probably done. But, you know, if he's playing for a team, don't 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 necessarily sleep. But the other guy that I think is worth talking about that could be a uh, really like a sleeper next year is uh, Jacoby Myers. Um, oh, Jacoby- what about Gunner? I, don't know. Uh, I mean, if you, you you can cover Gunner, but uh, yeah, Jacoby Myers, he no. did he, he did kind of establish for a couple of games uh, himself as the number one target for Cam Newton. Uh, he didn't necessarily perform incredibly with that, but he did get a lot of targets and did was the go to guy. Um, potentially, he could emerge over Nikhil Harry. Um, I think they're going to have to bring in somebody probably in free agency, um, and there's a lot of guys they could get, um, but. 
but yeah, I think Jacoby Myers could be a guy that emerges and has a, you know, mm-hmm. wide receiver four to five flex play kind of role. Um, so just keep your eye on him. They also have Demir Bird. I'm not, I, I don't care about Demir mm-hmm. Bird. Uh, any, anything else to add about these wide receivers guys? Um, how do you guys feel about Nikhil Harry, uh, Jacoby Myers, uh, go ahead, Micah. They need to draft two wide receivers and possibly sign like three in free agency. They need, (laughs) they just need to overhaul outside of Nikhil Harry. They just need a complete overhaul of their receiving core. Yeah. I I will say like their quarterback play, especially in the passing department is not going to be any worse next year. Like it's, it's going to be better pretty much no matter what. So um, yeah, I mean, Nikhil Harry, I think he's a good buy low candidate because a lot of people yeah. have labeled him a bust already. A lot of people are, were snake bitten for taking him number one overall a couple of drafts ago. So, uh, no, Ooh. So yeah, um, he, he might be a good guy to snag low because I, I only see his situation improving, and I think he will be, you know, probably the wide receiver two at worst, the wide receiver three on that team next year. So, um, so yeah, he, he does have value for me, but yeah. uh. What what about this great tight end group we have? Here? Oh yeah, yeah, this new Devin tight ends. Devin well. Ossie, baby, and the mm. great Ryan Izzo, and Dalton King. Mm. These are irrelevant <laughs> names. So it's so right sad. All right, we, we said we said their names. I think that's sufficient coverage. So on to the draft. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. On to. The um, I did one thing to add at tight end. Uh, just a sneaky little free agency grab I have for them is uh, Zach Ertz. Um. But um, I think he'd be better than any of the names we just named. But there, obviously, we mentioned Johnny Smith, uh, Hunter Henry. There's a lot of good tight ends in the free agency, and I do expect them to to attack that um, to help pass catchers any way yeah. they can. Play. Yeah, 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 yeah. What I mean, if what if the Patriots are trying to tank this next year? What if that's what they just I don't know if it's and get a possible, quarterback next year? I don't know if it's possible for Bill, Bill Belichick to tank. Like, he'll just win a game without even Dude, trying. what if he, like, well, yeah, what if he tries his best to go 0-17 to just see if he can do it? He's just he like, ends up winning, like, four games. <laughs> he just, like, intentionally tries to lose games. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. Honestly, they're going to get a lot of their defensive pieces back. They had the most opt-outs yeah, from COVID last year. They're going to be I heard they might trade Gilmore. If they get rid of Gilmore, that tells me they're trying to, like – Either well, go to tank or not be. Gilmore didn't have that great of a season, and I think if they can get maybe a first for him, now might be the time to sell. Yeah, yeah, and I have uh, no problem with it, but yeah, I just I don't feel know like if, if you trade would... Gilmore, you're giving up on trying. Well, to they're they're, they're having Patrick Chung come back. They're gonna have uh, the linebacker um, High Tower. High Tower. Yep. So Jeez. they're gonna be better I'm for sure. Sticking on that guy now. They're also going to have a starting lineman that's coming back, um, whose name is escaping me. But they, they, they seem – if you look at their roster currently, they seem very empty, but they will be getting about three or four starters back from, from COVID. So I expect them to be a much better team and at least be 500 this next year. But, um, <laughs> no. you know, uh, I just – I can't doubt – it doesn't matter who's on the team. I just can't doubt. But we'll see what happens. I don't want that to happen. I just I want I want them to go into 25 years of irrelevant. They've had enough winning. Their that fans deserve. Unfortunately, I think with Belichick uh, seeing Tom Brady win a Super Bowl, his ego is not going to be able to take it. So exactly. it's, he is probably going to try to win a Super Bowl till he dies now. So, well, I feel like he needs to like chill out on being a head coach and come be the Falcons' D coordinator. Yeah, uh, okay. and and that is more <laughs> Super Bowls. That's what needs to happen. Uh, all right. Well, 
with that, we can move on to the fourth team here and uh, talk about uh, the New York Jets. Oh, we're not going to talk about the Patriots draft? Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, yes. Let's talk about the Patriots draft. What are the Patriots going to do with the draft? Uh, I did mention maybe Mac Jones getting snagged uh, if he's there with the first round uh, pick they have. Um, What do you think? What do you think, uh, Nathan? Where do you what do you have? What do you have happening with their first couple picks? Yeah, sorry. I just had to make sure we talked about all these players that are replaced. So uh, we got to talk about some of the guys that might (laughs) replace them. Um, Yeah, I at number 15, if Mac Jones falls to them, I personally think that would be a steal Um, from Mm -hmm. everything I've seen and read like Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle both kind of very quickly confirmed that they think he's better than Tua as a quarterback. So um, I I think uh, especially in Belichick's offense would be great. But if they don't go quarterback at that route and they do bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, they might not have that pick. I don't know how that's going to work. But I, I see them taking receiver at that number 15 spot. Um, yeah. like, like I said before, if someone like Rashad Bateman is around that, yep. uh, you mm-hmm. got to take yep. um, There's going to be no lack of guys here, and they have got to get some, some good pass catchers in. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I have seen some people that even have, uh, which I, I don't personally, but have Bateman uh, higher than Waddle, uh, maybe because of the injury, but um, you know, it's possible that Waddle falls to them uh, at that spot as well, which would, I think be the best case. Scenario. Yeah. It's very um, possible. But, uh, but yeah, no, I have, I mean, don't get me wrong. I am high on Bateman as well. He actually just ran a sub four, four um, and uh, four, three, know, seven. Yeah. He's and a guy for- like he's, freaking huge too he's not a small guy right right no i mean i i definitely i mean i'm big on him but i do think that just the speed of waddle kind of gives him that uh tyreek hill upside mm-hmm. uh along oh, with his, and it's not just like henry ruggs he also has lateral quickness and good route mm-hmm. running but yep. anyways we'll get into to to uh him uh, later on uh anything to add to that micah as far as uh draft picks what you think they might do they're probably just gonna screw up the draft picks like they have like every year for the past like five years <laughs> he'll get he'll get good linemen and he'll get good defensive players belichick yeah. does do that so and they do yeah. need that like they need i think uh yeah they're losing lawrence guy and adam butler at d tackle so they're gonna Ooh, have to yeah. reload that spot and uh, they're gonna need an off the ball linebacker as well so Belichick loves him some uh, bulldogs, so I think. And he was foaming at the mouth to get Monty Rice, or I mean uh, yeah. Roquan Smith. Um, but I just gave away my answer. But yeah, I think they don't have a third round pick. But if he's there at their fourth pick, I think Monty Rice is um, is going to be a good pick yep. for Belichick. He loves bulldogs, and uh, Monty Rice is kind of a watered down version of Roquan. But yeah, a dark horse pick I have for their first round. If they uh, it did end up trading for somebody like Garoppolo um, and not needing a quarterback, is uh, maybe uh, Barmore. Uh, uh, is it Christian Barmore? Am I remembering that right? But uh, yeah, yeah, Christian Barmore uh, for at D tackle. Um, like you mentioned, Nathan, that's going to be a position they have to fill somewhere. But um, or they can take Aziz. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, I think Aziz will go probably a little bit late in the first round, but he's going to go to a good team. Dude, like, he's he's going to be a steal for a draft pick where he's going to go. Yeah, yeah if but, you're uh, a team selecting in that area and you want to look at pass rushers, look at Aziz Azulari, man. Yeah. yeah. He's got the bend. He's got the explosion. But um, I think, uh, I think if, I'm mocked, if I'm mocked right now, I might have him go into somewhere like the Titans. And, you know, maybe he'll go to the next team we're talking about because uh, the Jets need help pretty much everywhere. 
to yeah. eat. Yeah, that's that's very true. And they specifically need uh, some 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 edge help because uh, because they have a great interior line. Um, and uh, Williams is a house. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, let's talk about the quarterback here. At least the guy who is currently the quarterback, <sighs> Sam, Sam Darnold. And uh, yeah, I think we might all feel similarly about Sam Darnold. But let's let's uh, hear. I heard the sigh of resignation, Micah. Um, go ahead and tell us why you feel wh- why that sigh came out for Sam Darnold. Uh, I here's the thing. He's not going to be in New York next year, and I don't know if that means he's going to a backup role or a starting role. Because I I would be utterly stunned if in a month and a half that Zach Wilson is not the New York Jets pick at number two. And I think with that, they move on from Darnold. And I don't know where situation he's going to end up. And I partly is I don't believe in him. I've seen enough in his three years to prove to me that he doesn't have what it takes. And I know Adam Gates has been there and the whole thing with Tannehill. I just – I didn't think he was that great coming out of college. And there's a reason why – the Browns went with Baker ahead of him because mm-hmm. all signs pointed towards that, that Darnold should be the number one pick. And then all of a sudden it was like, Oh, Baker and the well, Giants. Baker was much more too. accomplished in college as well. Yeah, yeah. And, but I think the Giants passing on him for Saquon, the Giants really could have used a quarterback and they didn't see it in Darnold. And I, I don't see it in him. He, maybe he goes to a better situation, fixes some things. He stops seeing ghosts. He's in New York. I don't know why he doesn't call the Ghostbusters. And... I think I think you're forgetting one thing, Mister Micah, and that is, is that? the Gase effect. And Gase Sam effect. Darnold got gased. All right, and wherever he goes, just like Tannehill, just like every other player that leaves the gasps of or the grasp of Mister Adam Gase. Uh, I do think he has glimpses. He's shown glimpses of being a good NFL quarterback, and I think he just. He was given no chance being coached by the worst coach, maybe in and in, in my fandom certainly, but m- maybe in NFL history. I you know I don't know all the way back all the bad coaches ever, but Adam Gase has got to be up there. So uh, you know um, I, I do think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna play for the Jets, but I think he's gonna be a starter next season. I think he's. He, I don't think he's going to uh, be. I mean, he might have to compete for it or something, but I really think a team like the Bears would be an awesome landing spot for him. Um, and I think he could have some real success if he's, you know, given given a, something to work with, a good coaching staff, and, and some good pass catching options. But um, that being said, he's definitely outside of my top uh, top twenty four dynasty quarterbacks. You don't want him as your quarterback two or anything. But I do think he's one of the quarterback threes you could get with higher upside. Um, so um, yeah, what about you? What about you, Nathan? Where are you at with uh, Mr. Donald? Yeah, I'll let you take a big, deep breath there. Um, yeah, Sam Darnold is uh, – I, I do think he has potential. I have I have a fear that he's been kind of ruined uh, mentally as, in, as far as his transition to the NFL game. But he is 23 years old. He's only going to be 24 at the start mm-hmm. of next season. He is a young guy if – you know, if the Patriots can't get Garoppolo and they see something in him or he goes to the Bears, like I, I do think no matter where he goes or even if he on the long shot that he stays where he is, he's going to do better. But uh, he, there is a chance that the damage has just been done mentally, that he's going to have a hard time transitioning from here on out. But he's still a young guy. He can still turn it around. 
And I think he's a true 50-50 split. I mean, it's a 50% chance he doesn't work out and 50% chance he does end up being close to the guy that he was, like, meant to be. Yeah, and by workout, I mean, like, like Andy Dalton level, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm, you know, he's never going to be a top 10 quarterback, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. I do think he could be a QB2 option. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. um, that's the ceiling. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I do agree he's going to have to compete for it wherever he goes. Yeah. Um, just last thing, uh, I got a question for you guys. Um, would you rather? Would you feel more comfortable having Sam Darnold or Daniel Jones? Who would you? Who would you rather have? Which New York quarterback? Yeah, uh, is uh, is 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 less of a bust in your eyes? Darnold. All right. I think, God, you're not giving me much of a choice here, but I. I I'm going to have to take Darnold just for the upside, no, but upsides I mean, Danny Dimes at the moment has a job yeah. next year, yeah. start quarterback job. So especially, yeah. you know, if redraft and if you're going with the sure thing or you need a quarterback to uh, take Danny Dimes because Darnold is, you know, a long shot. Yeah, I think I do think that Darnold has the has a higher potential of longevity if he lands with the right team. But, mm-hmm. you know, Jones is a little bit, higher upside i think just because of the rushing capability he has that being said i don't think he's ever going to really unlock it to where he can you know be a great fantasy option but um yeah you're right you're right though nathan we know that daniel jones well i guess we don't know anything but we we have a pretty good idea he's going to be the starter next year and um we aren't sure of that for Darnold. so that might make me go jones if i was drafting now but i think both teams are on a team i would rather have Darnold for sure um but um, or both players are on a team. Sorry, not both teams. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you're doing like a QB three, I would probably go with the upside of Darnold. But uh, like I said, if you need a quarterback two, then I would go with Danny Dimes just because you're going to need someone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. But if Danny Dimes is your quarterback two, you're already in trouble. Yeah. It yeah. That well. Yeah. Yeah. I have one link where I have Danny Jones, but don't worry because I also have Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, and also, <laughs> don't worry, I have Dwayne Haskins. So, oh, yeah. reeled it there. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, I'm in trouble there. The, the yeah. Anyways, um, we can. Uh, I, I got the number three pick. This so I'll be getting a quarterback in the draft this year. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, Sam Darnold. Yeah, yeah. But hopefully, he can land somewhere where he can be more than meh and stop seeing ghosts, as Mike mentioned. But let's move on to the running backs here and. Uh, Nathan, why don't you open up the running back discussion? Because I know there's a guy that you drafted and you're hoping works out. So uh, why don't you make the case for uh, LaMichael P. Ryan and uh, anybody else you feel necessary to talk about in the Jets backfield? I will make the case that uh, none of these guys are going to be starting next year. So that's going to be the case right there. Yeah, I mean, the the Jets literally, they have $100 million in cap space or close to it, they have a ton of draft capital. There's no way that Josh Adams and Michael P. Ryan are going to be, you know, their top two running backs heading into next year. So um, whoever, whichever one of these guys comes ahead of the other, they're going to be uh, playing second fiddle to someone. But I do believe it's going to be between these two. Uh, I like Michael P. Ryan more as a prospect. Josh Adams, I think, looked better at times when he was running the ball. But 
Um, the, the fact that Adam Gase just played Frank Gore the whole season ahead of those, mm-hmm. these guys is frustrating because, like, mm-hmm. Frank Gore's, you know. Omnipotent? He, he, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's an ageless god, but he's, like, you have to let the younger players at least feel out the field and get reps and mm-hmm. see what you have. You know, I, obviously he's not the coach anymore, but to me that, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but, I mean, out of the two of these, I would still probably go to Michael P. Ryan, um, but it's, you know, I don't think either of these guys is even going to be playing like a 1B to anybody else. It's going to be yeah. – there's going to be a bell cow, and these, these guys are going to be fighting for relief duty. Yeah, I think so. I mean, pretty much hit exactly on their backfields, I would say. The only thing is, is Frank the Tank might have a little bit left in the tank. He he might try to come out this year, and uh, he's not going to get the touches. They were tanking. Frank Gore is probably going to retire soon. Uh, I had Frank Gore and P. Ryan in, in my league. and uh, Yeah, I know. I'm so frustrated because neither one of them got enough to be relevant most weeks. I mean, but – the occasional where he fell into the end zone, but but Lamichael's brother also had the most rushing yards in a single game in college, so he's got the genes in the blood to possibly do it in the NFL. And he, and he did kind of well. His brother kind of busted in the NFL. Project <laughs> 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 Peter yeah. end up somewhere. You yeah. went to yeah, the Bengals, yeah. right? Yeah, he's on the Bengals now. Yeah, yeah. I you know I I uh, first of all yeah you said that uh Adams or Peter won't be starting and you're right because that's because Frank Gore is going to be the starting running back for hmm. another three years but no you know did y'all see the press conference where Adam Gase said that uh Frank Gore is the best player on his team yeah yeah I if I were Leonard Williams I would have body slammed him right there in front of the camera uh, that is an insult to everything you do as a player oh man yeah but uh but yeah, uh, historically speaking, he's not right. But in 2020, wait, Leonard, he was Williams, not. Leonard Williams is on the Giants, right? Or no, no Leonard Quinnen Williams. Williams. Quinnen Williams. Oh, Quinnen Williams. Oh, I think yes. Leonard, Leonard Williams. Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah, no. That that was that was quite a surprise for me to hear when I heard that press conference. But anyways, yeah, I do think Lamichael Pirine, however, is going to have some PPR value, and he's a good outside zone running guy. And that's actually what is going on, you know, in the San Francisco offense. And obviously, Robert uh, Salah and Salah, uh, Salah and uh, and Shanahan, uh, not Shanahan, um, Mike Lafleur. Lafleur, yeah, Mike Lafleur. Thank you. Yeah, they, that's the kind of offense they had going on um, in in uh, San Francisco. So I can see maybe uh, Lamichael P. Ryan being a good scheme fit. That being said, I totally agree. He's he's he has like a five percent chance of being the number one guy heading into next season but um yeah they're gonna bring in somebody um there's there's a lot of a lot of uh, good running backs and free agency they could bring in um maybe like a chris carson would be a good fit for them i think Mm -hmm. um i mean of course aaron jones is the is the go-to free agent example Mm -hmm. um they threw the money at levy on so they're probably gonna throw the money on another running back that probably seems like their philosophy I mean, yeah. it's totally different coaching staff, and I, I don't know. But they have the cap space, too, and that's the best time to get paid for a running back is when you have an absurd amount of cap space like they have. pay a ton of money for a running back. And one When thing you to, have that much cap space, you do. Not when you have needs at every other position. We will. Well, usually when you have that much cap space, you are a terrible franchise to get yourself in that situation because you don't have any signed first-round picks. 
So you so think you might as well get a running back. The Jets to do is to give Aaron Jones fifteen million dollars. Yeah, I don't want uh, some other team to fall in that trap. So it might as well be the Jets to take the fall. So here's why I here's why I uh, I'm not sure that that's what they're gonna do. Even if I do think that Aaron Jones is is a like running back that would tremendously improve this team. Uh, San Francisco really does have this committee backfield where they have three or four guys that are all on smaller contracts, unless your name's Jarrett McKinnon. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I expect them to maybe do something similar, maybe draft a guy and then maybe uh, bring in a cheaper free agent and then have like a three headed backfield with the Michael P Ryan, their draft pick and uh, the veteran, but uh, we'll see. Um, I, they could do something completely different than they did at San Francisco, and you know, uh, I'm not not to say they're going to do the exact same thing there. Yeah, and that's the thing is, neither of these guys were technically involved in the running game. You know, Robert Sala was the defensive coordinator, defensive, right? and um, you know, Mike Lafleur was their passing game coordinator. So fair enough. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, it, they could do the same thing as the 49ers, but I'm not certain that that's going to be the case. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, with that, we can move on to these pass catchers. Uh, we got uh, Jamison Crowder. Um, got Denzel Mims. Uh, we got Perryman. the end of the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, I do. I do have Denzel Mims as a as a. I think he's going to break out next year. I mean, the term breakout. I think he's going to have a, a much better season, obviously, than he had this year, and I think he will emerge as the number one option. Uh, Jamison Crowder is a free agent, may not resign. Um, he may resign though. Uh, oh wait. Is he a free agent? They might just be talking about cutting him as a cap casualty. Um, I don't think Jim. Uh, hold on, I he's can't. not a free agent. I think they're just talking no. about maybe cutting him uh, because his contract's like twelve. Yeah, no, it's uh, Brashad Perriman is the free okay. agent wide receiver. Okay, yeah. okay, right, right. Yeah, sorry. So Jameson Crowder is just a potentially a cap casualty, but I think maybe they, if they have the cap room this year, they'd be maybe wise to keep him for one more year just to have some. Uh, some mm-hmm. some veteran presence uh in, in that uh in that receiving core but mm-hmm. jameson crowder did establish a good connection with darnold when he was on the field with him and he had a uh, 700 yards and six touchdowns this year so um you know it's not a guy to completely disregard um even if maybe he goes to another team but um mm-hmm. how do you feel about these two guys mike uh i think they're like good in different aspects jameson crowder does well when he's out on the field but he's a tad bit older and Denzel Mims is the young guy that a lot of people were high on last year for his physical attributes and then being hurt this year. So we didn't really see him. So he's still kind of like a rookie in a way, just because we didn't see enough of him to get a good yearly gauge on him. Mm. So he has just a ton of upside. Jamison Crowder does well when he's out there. And I can't believe y'all said there was only two wide receivers because there's a third guy on the roster named Lawrence Cager. And we all remember him as an incredible wide receiving threat at the University of Georgia. He has yet to play, but you know, keep an eye out on him. He's he's tall. That's all he I'll is say tall. He is tall. He's tall, and he was, uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, on these receivers, I mean, Denzel Mims. I think I ranked him. Uh, yeah, my tenth overall, re-ranked uh, twenty twenty rookie when we covered that in our episode two podcast. Um, but I mean, he showed promise. He had almost seven fantasy points a game and that's with zero touchdowns and Adam Gase calling the offense. And uh, yeah, I, I think next year it's only going to get better for him. I expect him to be in the double digits in fantasy points. So 
Um, yeah, his, his situation is going to improve. Jameson Crowder, if they bring him back, I think he will have value, but it, it'll be interesting to see where he might end up if they decide to go ahead and cut him. But, um, yeah, like, like a lot of other positions, I expect them to be bringing in uh, some help here. Same here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just a uh, quick little note I have on Jameson Crowder. He went in round 19. So yeah, in, in my startup, so yeah, people are way off of him. Yeah, so you should uh, get him before that. Yeah, that's, right. that's a steal. Right. So yeah, you know, I think um, you know, and that might change once the situation's a little bit more clear. But uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's always kind of a guy that floats really, really late, and then ends up being a wide receiver for sure, you know. So, uh, but yeah, well, tight end they have Chris Herndon. Uh, you know, I think this is another potential gate. Uh, you know, ungaced candidate. <laughs> Uh, I hope he is. I've been big on him for like three years in a row, and I'm about ready to give up. But I'm gonna let Adam Gase. Leave. I'm gonna let Adam Gase leave first and see yeah. if he can be one of these players that completely turns his career around after he's leaves the clutches of of Adam Gase. So, uh, yeah, you know, I I'd, I'd be okay if he was my tight end three, but you know, that's about it. Uh, anything to add to that? Yeah, they're gonna spend some of their cap space on a tight end more than likely. Yeah. They can't even if it's not like a super high end tight end, at least someone to compete for snaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, someone possible. will be coming in. It's possible, most certainly. Um, yeah, yeah. It, you know, if if we're kind of projecting a little bit of the 49ers upon them, they were the passing game, or he was the mm-hmm. passing game coordinator. He might want a nice big old blocking tight end like George Kittle that can also get out and run some routes. So. If Njoku ever lives up to his athletic ability, uh, that guy. So he could be a good buy low, you know, not high cap ha- uh, hit for them. But, um, but yeah, there's also not a shortage of guys in this draft that they could go for as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, so at the, as far as their team needs, uh, they need, we covered, they need a quarterback, they need a running back, they need a wide receiver or two, they need a tight end, they need some offensive line help, they need some linebackers, they need some secondary help, they need an edge rusher. So, uh, yeah, you can pretty much just take whatever plays you want, but I do expect they're going to either take Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. Again, I have heard all the buzz. It does seem like Zach Wilson, all indications are pointing to him being the second pick, but I, you know, I, I still am going to, uh, going to hold and say that, that Fields will end up being a better quarterback. Um, but, um, and hypothetically, the Jets could trade that number two pick to someone who really wants one of those two guys and they could keep Darnold. And what if they traded back to the end of the like, you know, seven, eight, nine pick and they picked up Kyle Pitts to add to the offense. Yeah, that'd be good. I mean, yeah, they could uh, obviously, I mean, we just named all the positions they need. So that very well might be their strategy Mm -hmm. if they could get a first and a second or uh, something along those lines um yeah you know may, that, that that could be that could be very well in the cards um nathan what what do you what are you projecting i mean i think you kind of nodded your head earlier when micah said zach wilson at two um but um yeah yeah outside of that yeah i mean I, no matter what i think they're taking a quarterback at that number two spot um you know whether it's wilson or fields or whoever else i I think it's going to be wilson but i think that's their plan the Mm -hmm. good thing for them is they also have the 27th overall pick the 34th overall pick another 
yeah, they have two thirds, a fourth. I mean, they have a ton of draft capital uh-huh. uh, as well as cap room to make moves and fill these positions. So, um, yeah, as far as their late first, early second round picks, um, I mean, they would be in a prime spot to get one of these good running backs. They could get someone yeah. like Etienne or maybe Javante Williams. You know, he's he's pretty comparable yeah. to Chris Carson in my mind, except a lot younger. And Chris Carson can't go through a season without getting banged up. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but also like they need a cornerback badly, like yeah. really badly. Yeah. So um, at number twenty seven overall, it, it kind of would be cool because that was his number at UGA. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Eric Stokes yeah. would be a great uh, great guy for them to snag at that position. I mean, we just saw him run an unbelievable forty time of four point two four seconds. Unreal point wait, what point zero two yeah. off the record? He uh, must really be bad at catching the ball because if you're running that fast and you're not an offensive <laughs> scale player, like Something, I mean, but no, that being said, obviously, that is like complete, you know, six one, 200 pounds to go along with it. I mean, he's got the size and length, he he's was very good first. Day. Um, I he would be an excellent choice for them if he's still sitting there, um, with their late first right. round, pick, but yeah, because yeah. John Ross was someone who should have been undrafted and he went in the top 10. Well, because he could run fast, okay. Well, he was a receiver. I know. I'm not but, saying. I'm just saying. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, for the rest of the draft, like, I just want to shit on Don Ross. Even for almost all the draft, aside from that number two pick, like they need to go best player available because yep. they have a yep. ton of holes to fill. But I expect them, like in free agency, I see them spending money on a receiver. Like I think Kenny yep. Galladay would be a great fit there with Perfect. his. Toughness. I've actually but, seen reports that they're going to franchise tag Kenny Galladay. So, uh, not, not boo. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure he won't be happy about that. But uh, they have the power, so I, I I think they'd be dumb not to they because they power. don't. They we when we cover the Lions, you can hear how abysmal the 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 wide receiver position is there. But that being said, yeah, uh, if he does go, Kenny Galladay would be awesome. But they have tons of other receivers they could definitely mm-hmm. grab. But yeah, I mean, this team needs an edge rusher too. I mean, <laughs> they need it all. What? You know what yeah. their pipe dream should be. Hmm. That Najee Harris falls in number 27. Yeah, I mean, he would be an excellent selection if he falls there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's a pipe dream. I mean, don't get me wrong. I suspect he gets taken before there, but with running backs, mm-hmm. a lot of times we don't see they start getting taken until the very know. end of the first round. So yeah. I would take him higher than that for sure. I would too, and I think he will go higher than that, but that's kind of like maybe a pipe dream for the Jets. Nick yeah. Chubb technically went in the second round, so, you know, it can happen. No. All right, guys, with that, I think we can move on to our last segment here in ranking um, uh, the positional players in this division. You know, I don't think there's tons of debate. The room, or I mean, won't, I don't think there will be tons of debate on, on these, but I could be wrong. We'll see. Um, we'll just go around and say all of our, all of our positions. And if we have any disagreements, we can talk about them. If not, we can move along. But for me, it goes Josh Allen at quarterback goes Josh Allen, Tua, Darnold and Cam. One, two, three, four. Nathan, what do you got there? God. Uh, yeah. You don't want to put Tua a second. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's just, yeah, I have to, cause he's starting next year, but yeah. Yeah. Tua, and then who cares after that? Right, right. Um, yeah, that's my feelings on it. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I have Josh Allen number one, Darnold number two, wow, Cam Cam Newton number three, Jared Stenham number four, come on, Ryan Fitzpatrick number five, Jake Fromm number six, and Tua number seven. All right, so just to be clear, he, that is would not be what he did in a draft whatsoever. <laughs> but, but no, that's uh, it, you know I we understand you don't like Tua. All right, Tua would realistically be three. I could be completely wrong on Tua. You would take Darnold over Tua, not knowing. He's I would take play. Darnold over Tua. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I, I would. That's that's wild to me, but hey, that's uh, the. You got to when you're off a player, you stay. You got you can be off a player, and then you can just take them off your board. And when somebody else drafts them, then hey, you got a free spot there. So, um, yeah. All right, we'll move on to the running backs here, and we got um, for me garbage uh, pile. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Pretty much like every position in this whole. We're sorry, guys. This this division is just kind of trash. But anyways, yes. Uh, yes. so I got Gaskin, Damian Harris, Zach Moss. Oh, actually, uh, Singletary, then Zach Moss. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Micah, what about you? We got Miles Gaskin, number one. Zach Moss, number two. Sony Michelle, number three. Devin Singletary, number four. Damian Harris, number five. Wow. So you take Dan- you take Sony over Damian. I would. Sony, you can do it. Repeat your playoff Sony, run for 17 Sony years. Sony over Singletary. Yes, I told you my my University of Georgia bias has me taking Sony higher than I think I should take. Um, okay, let's move on to the wide receivers here. And uh, for me, there was a little bit more intrigue here um, compared to the first two positions here. Uh, for me, it goes Stefan Diggs, the clear number one. Got a little bit more murky coming up, but uh, for me, I still have Parker over Denzel Mims. Although I can imagine after next season, possibly that not being the case. But uh, yeah, Denzel Mims number three, and then uh, Gabe Davis number four. Um, Nathan, how about you? Uh, yeah, I would put. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Stefan Diggs is number one. But uh, I'm sorry, guys, I just got totally lost in my own train of thought here, <laughs> and lost in my it's notes. Okay. So no, that's okay. It's, it's okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, Devonte Parker is my number two. I, I still have him ranked a good bit ahead of Mims. Mims would be my number three. Um, Jameson Crowder, depending on where he goes, could be my number four, but, um, just the guy catches balls, man. So, yeah, yeah. um, yeah, I, I'm not as high on Gabe Davis, but, uh, I mean, short term, I think John Brown has some upside, but, um, Gabe Davis in the long term would be a better option. All right. What yeah. about you, Micah? Yeah, I mean, Diggs is still number one in this division. And I'd take Devontae, too. I like his talent, and he has some time to turn – not necessarily turn around, but, like, kind of edge out the end of his career. Then I'd give Mims a number three. I haven't seen it yet with him. He's a high prospect. We'll see what ends up happening with him. At four, I would go with Gabe Davis. He's in a good situation. I'm going to take that over the other guys in this division. And then I would take Nikhil Harry just off of what if he ends up becoming the man in New England. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I still would have Gabe Davis above Nicole here, but I think I kind of forgot about him there for the drinks, but anyways, <laughs> all right. Uh, tight end. I mean, it's, 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 it's basically Gasicki. I mean, that's it. <laughs> I mean, the, the rest of it for me goes Croft, 
Herndon, Asiasi. I mean, literally, I don't want any of those players on my team. In fact, yeah. I have Herndon above Croft now that I'm thinking. Yeah, about. I would. I would definitely put Herndon above Croft for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would too. Uh, Croft is washed, I think. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he you're is. right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's the same for me. It's Gasecki. Herndon is still a guy I would put on a roster, but um, don't don't expect a ton. And then after that, it it doesn't matter. Trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, guys, we got our last question here, and uh, that question is, who is going to win the AFC East next season? Go ahead and start with you, Nathan. Well, I'm going to go out on a really large limb here and say the Buffalo Bills are going to win this division. (laughs) And I challenge any of you to take such a a strong stance as I. Yeah, that's pretty bold there. What about you, Micah? I I gave it some thought if they could somehow get Deshaun Watson – but I feel like they have a lot of other holes on offense to fill to where I don't think they could be better than the Bills. Because the Bills are a well-oiled machine. That are probably Speaking about the Dolphins on the same, right? Yeah, so like yeah. if the Dolphins got Deshaun, they, I still don't think they could compete with the Bills with how – well, I think I think they would honestly if they if they got Deshaun or if Tua does bounce back and have a good season. I mean, seriously, their defense is good enough uh, mm-hmm. to where they they could very well compete. Um, especially if, like we mentioned, they are able to add uh, a more cohesive offense um, mm-hmm. with some, some serious weapons and free agency in the draft. But uh, I am still going to pick the Bills, but I do have uh, the Dolphins as my upset pick. Um, so um, yeah, closest. yeah. Um, well, yeah, with that, guys, uh, I think that concludes our coverage of the AFC East. Um, in our next episode, we will be covering the NFC South, which Ooh. we'll be really excited to do because we'll be talking about our Falcons. We're trying not oh. to make the entire episode about the Falcons. There are three other teams, but, you know, fuck them. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, we're excited for that episode, guys. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening yes. to us as always. Uh, anything to add before we head out, boys? I'm just ready to talk about them dirty birds. I'm with you, man. Uh, give a hoot, don't balloot. <laughs> yes. Sage, sage advice from Nathan there. Well, <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, for for uh, Nathan and Micah, this is uh, Josiah. Fantasy Dogs out.